0: Okay, today we have Rachel Minto, who's been with us at Launch School for about nine or ten months now, and is now in the advanced phase of our program, making her way through course 301, which is the Rails course, and having already completed the entire back-end and front-end phases. So welcome, Rachel.
1: Thanks. It's great to be here.
0: So we'll just start off pretty casual. Do you want to maybe just talk about your background a little bit?
1: Yeah. So let's see. Uh, growing up, I had five sisters, and so my mom stayed home with us. And she was really great at it. She was an awesome mom. She was always there for us, and um, she was a big advocate for staying home. So I kind of had this idea that, you know, maybe if I have, end up getting married or having kids or whatever, I'd be interested to do the same. And like, I didn't have a, I guess, a, a strong career path laid out for me, and it wasn't a huge priority for me growing up. Um, so when I went off to college, I ended up majoring in philosophy and fine arts, and I thought about doing math and ended up deciding not to do that. So when I graduated with a philosophy degree, I was kind of like, what do I do now? And ended up um, becoming an administrative assistant for most of my time as a professional while my husband was getting his PhD and I was kind of bringing in the money and it was great. And I ended up actually really loving it and um, really enjoyed having a career and I thought, you know what, this is something that I see myself doing for the rest of my life. I want to invest myself in something that's kind of bigger than me and that's outside my family and um, that I get that personal satisfaction from. Uh, That kind of brought me around to coding when I ended up coding and just really enjoying it. I decided, you know what, this is something that I want to pursue, I want to excel at, and that's kind of where I ended up at Launch School.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because we have a lot of philosophy majors uh, in our program. And I don't know what it is about philosophy, but there must be something to it that sort of maybe the logical side of it that that drives people this way. But how did you know that you were interested in programming? I guess before you, you tried it was it through friends or, um, or how did you explore that 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 first initial itch, if you will?
1: Um, actually, through my husband, um, we had he had been programming his websites, like doing front end stuff. Um, for quite a while, just self-taught. And he um, was talking with me about Blender, which is like a free rendering program, um, 3D, that you can get. And we were talking about like creating some kind of game together or doing some kind of project. And then he found out about Codecademy. Like, hey, Rachel, you should try this. It seems like a great way for us to just get started with a programming language. And, um, And so we were going through it. And he ended up getting kind of busy with school and had a lot of commitments that came up. And so he told me like, I'm really sorry, I have to drop out. And I said, you know, what? no problem. I actually really love this. I'm going to keep going. And so it was kind of something that I had thought just as a hobby would be kind of interesting. Um, And then once I started it, I just thought, wow, this is way more exciting and interesting to me. And it fits so many of the things that I'm interested in or my personality. So that was kind of a fun way to get started.
0: And just from a timeline perspective, when did this happen uh, after you graduated? So how many years were you working before you sort of started this uh, investigation into programming, into coding? Uh,
1: I'd say it was about five years since graduating college that I actually started programming. So and that was about just over a year from now ago.
0: Okay. And so you started with Code Academy and it really resonated with you. It, it really sort of Hit upon a lot of the things that you enjoy. What did what did you do from from there?
1: I took a bunch of other online courses. Like I did a CS one hundred and one. I think it was through Udacity, and just explored a bunch of the different free resources online. I was trying to teach myself JavaScript using. I don't I think it was you don't know JS and.
0: Did you have a goal in mind or is it just, you know, uh, did you have like a job role specifically in mind or was it game development or was it just uh, various resources that that you found through recommendations?
1: Um, I didn't really have a clear idea of where I was going with it. It was just something I was kind of interested in. And at that point, I hadn't fully committed myself to it as a career. It was more like exploring it for, yeah, just personal interest or just to see kind of where it would go. And so I was just using resources I'd found um, through recommendations online.
0: Okay. And so how did you end up at, you know, launch school?
1: That was actually um, very fortunate for me because my husband had a colleague who had gone through launch school and was just kind of finishing up right when I was starting to get really serious about looking at um, more resources that would help propel my career rather than me just kind of fiddling around on my own. And so talking with him and hearing about his experience at launch school was what really prompted me to be like, yep, this is the right fit. This is what I'm looking for.
0: That's interesting. So after going through all those beginning resources, and then you hit upon the launch school prep course, I guess that uh, was that easy for you? Or is that, you know, still pretty challenging? Or did it just feel right? Or
1: uh, definitely was it was the right pace, I think. Up until that point, um one, I started putting a lot more time into it because I had seen your recommendation of like trying to get at least 20 hours if you can. And so instead of doing like the seven or 10 hours that I had been doing on my own time when I was self-teaching, I was putting in more time and that helps. Um, but also just that it wasn't. Like I was ever spinning my wheels and getting stuck on something, and I didn't know where to go for the answers. Like all of the st- the prep course and all of the materials at launch school, the whole way through have been like this good, like challenging. I'm always pushing myself, but not um, where I'm just overwhelmed or or just not even sure where I'm supposed to be going next.
0: Yeah, I think the structure helps a little bit. So one question I wanted to ask you was: you mentioned you have like an art background with a philosophy background, and if that combination helped you? Because it sounds like that you discover programming and something just clicked um, and you it really resonated with you naturally almost. Um, and I really typically don't like to use that word, it's naturally resonating, because really it takes a lot of hard work and it takes a lot of dedication and perseverance. So even if it doesn't naturally resonate with you, you, it's, you can still become very, very good if you put in the time. So, but for you, I feel like it was a pretty natural progression. I wonder if that background helps. So I know you have some background in um, like creating pottery and things like that. Does that tie into helping out with understanding or learning programming at all?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think everyone kind of looks back in their their history of their experiences and can see things that have brought them where they are and, and, and ways that it's helped them. And I think for me, um, the combination of fine arts where I'm thinking um, spatially. And I'm also doing a lot of problem solving. I have something I know kind of what I want the end result to be, but I have to think about process. I have to really think about every step of the way and how it's going to come into the whole. And you have to, have to put in so many hours of work in order to um, master a, a profession like pottery or like ceramics. Um, making fine art is it's a lot of hard work. It's not like it's just something you can whip together. At least it wasn't for me. Um, so that definitely helps in terms of putting in the diligence of, of learning to program and also I think with front end where you're thinking of, about things a little more spatially, that helps and then having the philosophy, the logical thinking really helps in terms of um, maybe more of my back end side um, programming. So I think it's, uh, all those things have kind of combined together to help um, give me a mindset for, for programming.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. I, I just noticed you're very, very positive and you're very um, – you look for – things that can help you. Because I get emails all the time from prospective students who come from background uh, art background or music background, and there's just a lot of anxiety and uncertainty in the way that they write the email. They always say something like, I don't have a computer science degree. I've never taken a lot of math. I have an art background or a music background or something like that. Can I still be a programmer? Right? And I mm-hmm. feel like that that mindset is very unfortunate because... Somewhere along the way, they must have, have met an experience that told them that their background wasn't a good fit. And in fact, it can be a great fit. There's a lot of musicians and such as yourself, a lot of art background uh, can can help if you, if you rely on those lessons, right? If you take those same lessons and then you learn from them and apply it to this field, it can definitely be a huge help.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. Absolutely.
0: So right now, as you're working through law school, about how many hours a week would you say you're spending?
1: I uh, I started at always having at least twenty. That was my kind of my minimum, and I use a timekeeper, so a timekeeping app, so I can make sure I hit that. And now I think I'm probably averaging more like twenty five. Some weeks considerably more, but always at least twenty. Um, so and probably over the average, it's like twenty five hours
0: a week that is a lot considering that you have a full time job right how how do you how do you balance the two
1: it is um, I definitely think that setting time aside is important, so I always get up first thing um, and code before I go to work and then I code on my lunch breaks and usually I get home and I talk to my husband for a bit and unwind and then um, try to do a little more coding in the evening before bed so um, during the work week, it's very much focused, I guess, on work and coding and and family. Um, I had to cut out some hobbies <laughs> along the way, and and then I code um a lot on the weekends in the mornings or throughout the afternoon, and it's fun because um, my husband is a writer and he's doing his PhD, finishing that up. So he has stuff that he can work on as well. So we can kind of go to cafes together. We can hang out. And so working time doesn't feel so much like it's a sacrifice. It's something that we can both enjoy and, and, and then talk about after we're finished. And so um, I guess, yeah, there's definitely sacrifices that I've had to make and things I haven't been able to do because I'm coding. But um, in general, uh, looking back over the past year, it's been one of the most satisfying years because of that, like push yourself and then you see the results. And that's very, very fun.
0: That's yeah, that's great to hear. And that's what you just said, I think is uh, really, really important. And a lot of people don't think about it too much. What they'll usually say is, oh, I have an art background. Oh, I have a full time job. Can I do it? And I'm thinking, well, yeah, of course you can do it if you have those two things. But really, the key is what you just said, which is, does your personal time facilitate studying? Right. So you almost have to get your uh, the people around you to buy in to this idea of studying. Right. So um, whether they're studying with you, like in your case, uh, or they allow you time to, you know, sacrifice family time, sacrifice on, uh, you know, perhaps some errands or hanging out to 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 study um, without feeling guilty. Right. That's the key. Um, if you always have that guilt hanging over you, that that's not going to work. Um, I hear from students all the time; they'll say, "Oh, it's great. My you know significant other is going to be on vacation for a week," <laughs> and, I, and, uh, and I'm thinking, "Wow, that uh, there must be a lot of pressure, right, to not study, right, during your off time." So um, yeah, so important. Um, I, I think people underestimate that a little bit. They always talk about their background as if that is the key, Um, whereas really it's the day-to-day, right? The day-to-day life uh, that is really the key.
1: Right. Yes,
0: absolutely. So another thing I I wanted to um, ask you about is I know you're active in the Boston Women Who Code uh, organization. Do you want to talk about your role there a little bit and how that has helped you uh, or guided you as you're learning the program at Launch school?
1: That's been a really fabulous experience for me. I got involved with them last May as part of their leadership team. I'd been going to their meetups for a couple of months before that, but um, they were looking for people to just kind of help out with um, planning events and taking leadership role. And I was, you know, I kind of put my name out there and I submitted my application. I thought there's no way they're going to accept this because I don't have nearly as much experience. I'm not even a a full-time developer but they did, and um, just being part of that leadership team has helped me in so many ways. Um, one, it's given me a lot more confidence because when you have a kind of a role within a group, um, there's things you learn from that. And it's been really nice to give back to an organization where when I first started developing and I went to a Women Who Code, I was like, hey, look, it, there's so many women here that are really technically technically minded, and they're really good at what they do, and they're really excited about coding. Um, And when you're an underrepresented group, it's really nice to have that kind of, I guess, uh, visual representation of what you know you could do. Um, But to see other people who have done it is very encouraging. So it's nice to be able to give back to other people who are just getting started in code. And um, also, there's just like a lot of um, support that you get from being part of a meetup group. And so I kind of recommend like if you're starting to code and you're interested in it, get get um some meetup that's near you or find other people who are interested in coding and just get comfortable with having technical conversations with them and you'll learn from them and you'll you'll understand more what goes into actually being a web developer, like from their perspective and so you're learning on so many different levels and you're being able to learn about different companies and um I think the confidence that you get as a developer just from like being able to have those conversations one to one is really important,
0: yeah, I think that that's that's uh really good, and partly is because it's almost like the natural state of any tech community is going to be you know eighty percent male right, and so if you don't take any action or do anything, that's sort of the the default uh, whenever I talk to people about this topic of I know at launch school we're trying to get more women in our program, it's part, half the time it's Like, well, there's no problem. It's, you know, or this problem is too big for us to solve, right? We're just a training program. So whoever comes to us, comes to us. Um, So that's sort of the the pipeline argument. But the problem is, if we want to spend our lives in this community, right? Do we we want to, uh, do we want it to be diverse? Do we want it to have different perspectives? Uh, We all have implicit bias. And I I, I know that um, for me, when I go to a technical session and I don't know who's leading, and there's, let's say, a female voice that comes out. I'm like, oh, that's that's surprising. But then I think to myself, why is that surprising, right? And it's because I assume, right? I make these sort of implicit assumptions about who should be speaking. Um, and I think that's something that uh, just, you know, if we want to, again, spend our lives in this community, it's, it's worth um, thinking about and it's worth talking about. We actually do have a uh, sort of informal Women Who Code organization here at Launch School. Um, we have a channel, we have some people from there, but uh, it, it probably could use more uh, structure and organization and and uh, leadership there as well.
1: Yeah, well, and I think what you said is true about, like, you get the people that come to you, and I think in some ways, um, tech is facing this issue because we have, this, um, maybe like a cultural bias or whatever, where we have a lot of girls in middle school who are interested in STEM, they're like, they like math. And you know, I I kind of count myself among the statistic, like, they had an aptitude for it. And then when you look at them, and they're going into college, they're not choosing STEM, they're going away from it. But then um, the nice thing about having places like Launch school is that for people like myself, who kind of discover this later on when they're ready in a career and they're like, Oh, you know, what? I I missed an opportunity. Like this is something that maybe I should have pursued or I wish I could have pursued or, or now I'm ready to pursue. Launch school is great because it's part-time um, it's self-paced. And so you can, you know, if you have um, the time, you can go back and um, teach yourself something that you might've uh, wanted to do right from the start. So I have to say that launch school, it just seems to me like it's such a great opportunity for um, maybe for women, especially, or for uh, anyone who's just like looking at a a second career or maybe looking at transitioning.
0: Yeah, we've been partnering with Women Who Code, did a couple of scholarships now with them, and the candidates that we get are extremely strong. Uh, Sometimes... Uh, to the point where, uh, you know, we feel like just their application into law school could probably get them a job. Um, so definitely, the, the the quality is there, and I think you're you're right on in that when you said when you go to college, you look around and you know, engineering. You go to the engineering uh, class, it's 99% male, and all of a sudden you're the only person there, and of course it it it's just not extremely welcoming. Nobody's fault, right? That's just the current situation. I think uh, from from a larger institutional standpoint, right, uh, when I attended a college, there's really not too much I could do. But as one of the instructors at law school, I think there are certain institutional things that we can do to sort of facilitate uh, uh, and help in that direction. And I think... Um, that's definitely worth investigating. I I, I feel pretty strongly about this, and it is not an unsolvable problem, right? <laughs> Some people make it seem like it's, oh, it's uh, it needs to start when they're, you know, so young, and it's cultural, and it's society-wide, but we can do our little part.
1: Yeah, definitely, and I think Launch School has just been, from my experience, has been a really positive experience, and I think it's really great that if you want to do even more to make it, you know, um, more open for women and so that women feel like they're just as just as represented. Um, I've never really come across anything that was an issue at launch school, but it is really nice to know that you're looking at ways to make it so that it's more even based. Because you just kind of look around, you look at who your um uh, your I can't say exactly classmates because you're all kind of mm-hmm. going along. Um but you're looking at the other people who are enrolled and you're kind of checking out their code. And if you have another woman for me, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm definitely checking out her stuff. What's she doing? What, what is she looking <laughs> at? Like you're kind of, you're rooting for her to really succeed because I think, um, the more examples you have of, of success of people like you, it makes it easier to imagine it for yourself. And I think that's that's
0: valuable that's exactly right yeah i would like to see the ratio to be 50 50 that to me is a is a goal worth pursuing
1: yeah that'd be awesome
0: i want to next talk about your experience so far in course 301 which is the rails course we chatted a little bit previously about your experience going through that course and I, I remember asking you how come you didn't really have any questions, right? Because that's a pretty tough course. I mean, it's, you know, typically when people learn Rails, there's a lot of questions. And and, and I thought you gave a pretty good answer. Do you want to maybe share that here?
1: Yeah. So my experience has been um, going through Rails. is just that this has felt like everything is, it falls into place. It feels very natural um, because we studied the basics so well at the beginning and it felt like the the first part of the uh, lunch school curriculum is it's very intensive. You know, you're learning a lot, and you're learning not only like how to be really diligent with yourself, but you're learning this new way of thinking. And I think for a lot of people that are kind of new to programming, it's it's a stretch. Like you're it feels like you're putting in a lot of time, um, but then it pays off so much when you get to this Rails course, and you're just like, okay, this makes sense. Of course, yeah. Okay, I can see what they're doing. I understand. Um, where the methods are coming from, you know, you understand the conventions because because of your p- previous study and it all kind of starts to fit together.
0: Right. And the, the way you're experiencing it is exactly the way I try to explain to people in the beginning phase. Right. Say I, I tell people there's a reason why we're asking you to memorize all these things and to really drill in on this is because when you get to the advanced side, it will fall into place so i I'm really happy to hear that you you are experiencing that. I think there's a certain confidence that comes from knowing that right It's not just you were able to slap together a blog, but that you really understand everything.
1: yeah, definitely. I think going into lunch school, you know if I'd seen um the programs that I'm writing now i would have I would have been a little bit freaked out because of all the different files and like the complexity that's involved the way that Launch school breaks it down. You're it's a relief to get to Rails because you've worked really hard on um, programs that are using, you know, like just Backbone or whatever. And it's a lot of front end work. And, and it's really it you start to see the value of Rails because you're like, wow, this is simplifying my code so much. Um, I appreciate all the file structure because it's easy to find where pieces piece is good. And so I think the way that it's structured, where you're you go through the pain of having to build things and you learn a lot about um, what's behind the scenes. It's it's not just what you see, but knowing why it's there and and how it all works together. I think that definitely pays off and everything at lunch school has been uh, valuable. I haven't really ever felt like I was wasting time. And I think, um, knowing how much time I put into it, self-teaching and how, (laughs) how much less I learned, um, I definitely think launch school's curriculum and the way that you've structured everything so that it's like always pushing you is, is great. You know, I go through an assessment and it's not like it's just testing me on things I learned. Um, I'm learning things in the assessment and I feel like every hour is just always um, valuable. And so I don't know, just, I guess, thanks for a really well-designed program.
0: Yeah, that's great. And yeah, there's no gen eds here, right? We don't make you take Greek myth if you you don't want to be a Greek mythology major, right? It's very relevant. And the idea is that you're working through things manually and the long way. And then you get to something like Rails or React or whatever it is, you understand why those conventions are the way it is, right? It's not just, oh, this is how it does it. Okay, I type in the syntax, but that you're fully caught up Right. With the reasoning behind it. So and yeah. if, you know, the next version of Rails or whatever changes or a new framework comes out tomorrow and they solve that problem differently, you're OK with that, too.
1: Right. Yeah, I think it makes you much more flexible as a programmer. Like I, I feel more confident that if I have a different tool, it's not like I'm I'm stuck because I just memorized some um some specific lines of code that I can plug in, I feel like, okay, you know what? I can take what I've learned. Um, I noticed that especially when I went from learning Ruby to learning JavaScript, it was just like, I guess I had because I'd spent so much time on my own trying to like learn JavaScript and was banging my head against the wall, having learned Ruby and learned um, like about, about all the variable scoping and like all the things that you cover in the back-end course, going front-end was like, okay, I see how this fits. I can contrast it. I have this mental framework that I can fit things into. And that was very helpful.
0: Yeah, that's absolutely wonderful and exactly what we envisioned when we built the curriculum. So the next thing I want to talk about is, and I don't know if you want to talk about this. If you don't, we can edit it out. But uh, you had told me a while ago that, you're gaining so much confidence that you're about to give notice at your job. Yeah. And do you want to, are you okay sharing your thought process behind that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I always had it as like a career goal when I started at launch school that I was kind of like, I was pretty serious about this and I thought, you know, if I go through this um, and I'm, I'm liking it, you know, I'm, I'm looking at doing this full time. And um, I, when I was going into it, I had thought about, putting time in and doing self-teaching and there are people that I know personally, you know, that have done that. They've they've taught themselves and they've gotten jobs and I knew that was possible but I also knew that there is imposter syndrome and like this idea that I would go to some job and be like, you know, I don't know what kind of gaps I have in my knowledge. Um, I don't know what, what things are going to be, you know, expected of me um, and just that I didn't want to be like that uh, drag on a team. You know, I wanted to be able to give to the company that hires me and, and to be able to mm-hmm. be a, a contributing team member. And so I chose Launch School because I thought this program will be able to do that for me. And at this point, I think that was, it was definitely the right decision. Um, and so I'm looking at it, and I'm getting towards the end of 301, and I think there's a couple more courses left. And then I'll be able to go full-time um, looking for jobs and just give notice to my current job and, and move on to doing this full-time like I've been hoping and working towards. So that's very exciting.
0: Yeah, that's great. It looks like you're probably on track to uh, finish course 310 in about a year, um, uh, 12 or 13 months, maybe. Uh, Three 310 is a huge course. So I, I've heard people take a couple months nearly full-time in that course alone. So, but... Uh, it's it's wonderful to hear that you know even prior to taking course three hundred and ten, uh, you're you're feeling, you know you're feeling confident enough, right? That imposter syndrome is slowly dissolving, right? Hopefully that's that's the feeling you should be uh, having at towards the end here. Yeah. Um, great. So I just have a couple questions left before we wrap up here. Uh, the first question is just general question. Um, any advice for those just starting their journey? Uh, on learning the program, not not necessarily related to launch school, but, but just on their journey to learning the program?
1: Yeah, I think um, think about the tools that you're using and if they're the best way you can spend your time because there's definitely ones that are um, more profitable than others. And so you kind of have to decide how you're spending your time and if you have money, if you want to be paying for things or not. There's a lot of really great um, resources for people who are, just learning, there, but it can be a little overwhelming, I think, um, when you're looking at them all. But um, that would be one thing. And then the second thing is just if you're really dedicated to it, um, put in the time and you won't, you won't ever, I think, regret putting into some, something that you think is valuable, the time. I think that all of the, the regrets I have in life are more about things that I didn't push myself hard enough. I never regret pushing myself hard and so putting in the time to really master something is like, I think the most rewarding kind of thing that you can do for yourself as a person.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I, and I think that's what, you know, what we want to give people. It's not just here's some skill sets to land a job. That's really not the goal at launch school, right? It's really the confidence, right? The confidence and also satisfaction, right? And those two things come from really understanding a skill, right? Whether it's cooking or pottery, or art, or music, or whatever it is, right, or programming, it, it, it is that sort of deeper level satisfaction, right, that, that, mm-hmm. that comes from mastery of a topic. All right, and the last question for you, Rachel, is uh, any advice specifically for those in the beginning phases of launch school, so around the 100-level courses?
1: Yeah, um, well, like I mentioned earlier, if you, can, if you can find a meetup that you're interested in, I would say start doing that now, because... Uh, you'll gain confidence and you'll become more comfortable with the people that you're with if you start going kind of regularly. And it's a nice way to connect with people in real life um, that do something that you're interested in. And you might feel a little bit like you don't have anything to contribute. But in my experience, meetups are incredibly friendly to people who are just starting out and people have all been there. So they're always happy to kind of help you on your way. Um, And then second thing would be just to yeah, make sure that you're always putting in the time regularly. That is something that you just kind of put in as part of your lifestyle. And so you don't, um, so that you don't kind of have to decide each time, am I going to code or am I not? And so, um, on top of that, I would say also make sure that you have a goal that you're happy with that you can do a sustainable pace in terms of the time that you're putting in. And then once that's finished, Feel completely 100% free to just stop and relax because that's really important for you and for your relationships with family or friends to be able to, like, when you're finished your time, just let it go and, and think about the other things that are part of your life.
0: Yeah, that's really great advice. Well, that brings us to the end of this interview. I just want to say thanks again, Rachel, for taking time out of your busy studying and work schedule to speak with me today and for sharing your story. And uh, have a good rest of the day.
1: Great. Thanks, Chris. You too.